Welcome in to the DNVR Avalanche Podcast, presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, the number one rated sportsbook app out there. I'm your host, Ruto, joined as always by AJ Hayfley. The Evs are 0-1 on the season, but they are far from the only team that played and far from the only team that had a disappointing performance on opening night with many more teams still to play tonight as well. So we figured it was a good time to take a look around the league at teams get started up and uh, try to figure out where their seasons are headed. Uh, The first point of note here is Sammy Blay is having a hearing with NHL player safety. If we get news of that during the show, we'll be sure to let you guys know. But all we know right now is that there is a hearing and I think both AJ and I expect some kind of a suspension to come from it. Yeah. Um, given that this is his third incident identical to this uh, in the last three years, I'd probably give him three games. You can't keep doing this to guys. You got to figure out, you got to figure out how to go behind the net without hitting guys in the face. Uh, it's his responsibility. All the all the Blues fan talk about his head was down and Tapes put himself in a vulnerable vulnerable position and blah blah blah. You can't hit guys in the head. You cannot hit guys in the head. Yep. It, it's illegal. That simple. I I have no argument against it. I I think he certainly deserves a suspension, regardless of of prior conduct or whatever. Uh, you know. Uh, it's acutely a problem for the Avs and who he happened to hit, which I get that's kind of out of his control. But if the Avs acquire Devontae's and lose him for a significant period of time in a season where it's already a shortened season, I mean, that could massively alter the look of what the Avalanche defense is for this year and, and what their ceiling is. Yeah. Uh, Taves practiced. Yep. He's going to be fine. So. Said he was fine in the post-practice uh, interviews. So, looks like the Avs kind of got away with one there in any case. Yeah. Um, but, you know, still just something that, particularly over the last couple of years, the NHL, that's the exact thing that they're trying to get rid of. So, hopefully they uh, they back it up with a suspension, but you never know with the wheel of justice. So, we'll see what the ultimate result is. Yeah, it's kind of cool that uh, the last day of the regular season in March, uh, the Avs got a hearing when Brendan Lemieux uh, blindsided Jonas Donskoy, and now the first day of the season, first day of the regular season coming back, uh, they get a uh, they get another one. Stop two hitting guys two. in the head. Two for two in their last two regular season games. Um, and certainly – the Avs fan base acutely aware of Avs injury problems after last year. It's something that, you know, anytime you see anyone on the Avs shaken up, it's immediate concern. Yeah, anytime anybody heads down the tunnel in the game and it's like, oh, God, here oh, we go. <laughs> yep. Season's over. Forget yeah. it. Um, yeah, immediately assuming the worst. Oh, no. So I mean, last year, last year was like that though. Yeah, it's it just was, everybody it was, broke. It was absolutely insane. Yeah, I, I, out of control injuries last year. Maybe the Evs built up a little bit of good luck to be not so injury prone this year, perhaps. 
as as Taze did return from this one within ten minutes or something. So that's good news. Other silver linings from last night: the Avs were far from the worst team to play hockey. Uh, looking at you, Chicago, it was not pretty for them. Losing to Tampa Bay five to one, as we have the uh, the box score up there, it was never a competitive game. Uh, I I feel bad for Nikita Zadorov because he's going to have a long season over there in Chicago. Basically, it's not going to be a fun time. Um, what? How poorly did getting moved to the what is this? The Eastern Conference? I guess it's not the Eastern. It's the it's the Central. Technically, yeah, this is the revamped Central with Florida included because reasons. Florida uh, and Tampa. Yeah, but the whole state of Florida included. Now in the central. Good to know. <laughs> so I yeah, the Chicago's in for for a rough time getting stuck in there with some pretty good team. Not that it was gonna be any better against Avs and Vegas and things like that, but Yeah, but I mean their level of competitiveness is way different if they have Kirby Doc and Jonathan Taves down the middle. That's true. Not having those two guys, Jesus. Forget about it. Like Carl Soderberg, they signed Carl Soderberg. He'll be there. He'll be able to help them, but he's not even there yet because of visa problems. So that is just a. And we saw quite a bit of that this year. And Mike Hoffman with St. Louis, another guy, visa problems. Yeah. Is, is there something? I mean, look, obviously not going to get into the politics side of this, but is this just mostly coming down to the fact that everyone was super last minute about getting in some of these signings? Yeah. Oh, excuse me. I'm still very tired. It was a long night for us. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. I really, the, just how everything worked out. I think that's why we're seeing some visa issues. And Caspira Kapanen is also having them right now. So, for sure. When you when you give the players two weeks notice, sometimes that's what's gonna happen. Well, it was literally less than a month from when they announced all of all of the official dates from that to opening last night. night. Yeah. Yeah, it was less than a month for them. But let alone like getting into training camp and all of that stuff, you know, the it was just slapped together really quickly, so this is the result of it. Yep. And it's this isn't like the NFL where the vast majority of uh, NHL players don't live in the US. So yeah. you know most of a lot of the time you get them living in Canada, but some of them do live in the US of course year round as well, but a lot of them go back to Canada. Obviously you have the European players who a lot of which do go back for their uh, summers as well. So just a little bit of a different issue from the other leagues that that the NHL had to face at the start of this season, but it's one that should be cleaned up relatively quickly. Um, I, I think you can even expect Hoffman to probably play tomorrow night against the Avs, but not 100% sure on that. Um, looking at the rest of the league, though, the Avs are the only game to play uh, in the Honda division. <clears throat> we will see a couple of other teams play tonight i believe in san jose and arizona play vegas and anaheim as well and then See, uh, nicholas malosh getting into the san jose lineup tonight on the third pair yeah yeah he's gonna i 
he technically didn't make his NHL debut last year, right? He was a healthy scratch for a game, but um, he's going to play tonight. Good for him. Yeah, happy for him. He's one of the first people I ever interviewed with the Colorado Eagles. So always cool to see those guys succeed. I talked to, gosh, I talked to him a bunch of times over the years, and it just, I wanted that one to work out, and he was just what they needed. If he, had, if he had worked out, Ian Cole's probably not here. Man, I don't like. I I don't see how Malosh, knowing what we know today about the Avs' defensive future, I don't see how Malosh sticks here anyway. I sure. could have gets yeah. into NHL game, sure, maybe, but with Byram Timmons later on, Baron, it, it's just his career here was never meant to be. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's true. So it is what it is. Happy for him. Hopefully he has a long and successful career, but maybe not so good when the Avs come to San Jose. <laughs> um, and I, I think that's a key for for this season, one that we didn't touch on too much last night. St. Louis is one of the tougher teams in the division. You're going to lose some games every year. Like, I mean, realistically. The, the thing with the West is, and we've talked about, there are three clear-cut top teams. Yep. And then there's a bunch of, who knows, between Minnesota, Anaheim, and San Jose, I think everybody, like, you could talk yourself into each one of those things having different aspects that you could buy into where you say, this is, a, this is pretty good. Like, Minnesota's defense, their top four, that's really good. Their wing, their wing depth. It's competitive. But their centers are non-existent. <laughs> their centers, what are they? They're goaltending. It's not very good. Sure. So, you know, there's there's a there's a hole in all of those. Like Anaheim, even though you and I both picked Anaheim to make the postseason, neither one of us are, like, overly yeah. confident They're about it. They're squeaking in is what we're picking. <laughs> it's, it's, you have to, you literally just have to pick one of those teams to figure it out. To the point of they figure out enough to beat those other teams, um, and when you're playing each other, when you're playing each other, all these you know sub, what seven or eight times each, uh, they've got eight guys in the eight teams in the division, so yeah, seven teams, so they play each eight times. So they are, I mean, you're talking, they're gonna. <laughs> Coming into this, we we talked about hey, if they went five and three against St. Louis, that would be great. Yep. Like you would take that right away. That's hey, you want a playoff series. Still very much on the table. Yeah. It's something we can we can revisit after tomorrow's game, no doubt, if they based on the Avs result there. But realistically, I mean, you're expecting the Avs to lose what, fifteen games this year, maybe more? Yeah, I mean, even if they even so even if they lose twenty, yeah, of fifty six, thirty six and twenty, it would be a record with no overtime games. Well, and then you know, thirty six. You're still talking. You're talking about a seventy two point team. Yep, they're in the playoffs. Yeah, like easily in the playoffs. I don't know where they are in competing for the division at seventy two points. Really, just kind of depends on what it looks like with the other ones. Right, if Vegas and St. Louis get super hot or whatever and have an 80-point year, it is what it yeah. is. But um, 
that's where you can see Vegas and St. Louis doing that well. Like there is a world where that's predictable, but when you look at teams like LA, when you look at teams like San Jose, they might be competitive, but they're a team that you expect the Avs to beat regularly. And that's what I'm interested to see tonight is, is how those teams stack up against each other and, and particularly what Vegas looks like uh, tonight, because those are the teams that you expect to beat Vegas against Anaheim. If, if Vegas struggles against Anaheim, then maybe that's something you got to think about. Maybe, maybe it's nothing, you know, maybe Gibson just stands on his head that night. Of course, context always matters, but Mm -hmm. you can start to formulate the beginnings of, of what this division is going to shape up. Like which ones of the lower teams are dangerous. Yeah. And really within, um, before February, yep. The abs, the abs will have seen half the division. Yeah. Um, they get all three California teams in the next week. Uh, they go to, they go LA, LA, Anaheim, Anaheim, and then back at home, San Jose, San Jose, before they go to Minnesota. And I think that's a four game stretch against the wild. Yeah. Does it roll into February? Yeah. yeah that starts February. Uh, and then they're back to St. Louis and then they get Arizona and, and Vegas. For yeah, the outdoor so, stuff. So by mid-February, they've played every they team. They will have seen the entire yeah. division. A month a month from today, uh, they will they will have their seen, first game against Vegas. Yep. Yeah, that will be their first game against. They, that will be the last game against. Uh, their last first game. <laughs> so, turns out the first month of the season might be pretty important to to set up the division. It, well, and then we talked about getting off to a hot start, putting separation between teams early, so that they could they could maybe get younger guys in the lineup as the season wore on and they could try different things. Yep. Um, you have to get off to that hot start though. For sure. So, you know, I think we're going to see the, the identity of this division start to really, we're going to get, we're going to get an idea of what each of these teams has to offer in the next week, two weeks. Agreed. So I'm, that, I'm looking forward to it, man. It's going to be fun. Yeah, I, I think the sprint of a season is going to be a blast for us. But we do have to take our first period break with Breckenridge Brewery, the official beer of DNVR. You can get them down at the farmhouse if you're local. Pick up any types of dozens of beers. Or if you're not, you can always use the Breck Beer Locator online to find a liquor store that carries them near you. Pick up one of my favorites. Got their agave wheat shirt on right now. Highly recommend it if you're into wheat beers. It is absolutely delicious. So check that out today. And while you're sipping on a Breck, through, maybe head on over to dnvrmortgage.com. Both Mike and Virginia have been in the business for a long time now, and they're local to Colorado, including being CSU alums, plus longtime subscribers to us here at DNVR. So we're just one big happy family over here. And I'm sure you've probably heard about how great mortgage rates are right now, but Mike and Virginia are not just your typical mortgage company. They have phenomenal rates, but what really makes them different is that Mike is a certified financial planner and looks at so much more than just the rate when designing your home loan. So jump on it today, hit them up at dnvrmortgage.com and you can get a free consultation as well as enter to win yourself some free DNVR merch. (laughs) Or of course, you can always call Virginia at 303-257-6578. Michael Chevalier, NMLS 1931006. Virginia Chevalier, NMLS 1910631. AJ, 
you're giggling at me over there again. Second period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast. Is chat wiling out again? That was You're making fun of me. I see. Look at this guy's picture. Oh, has the same birthday as John L.A., or at least that was on Twitter, what I was tagged in. Yep, you're never going to okay. live down, Allie. <laughs> well, I, at least I made people smile and laugh yesterday after that tough loss, and I was just clueless. And I was just, after we ended the show, I was like, I don't, they just kept asking for someone to give him a shout out, Ryan. And I just was so confused why no one wanted to give this guy a shout out for his birthday. Uh, so it kept me up a little bit at night, but I'm glad I was able to make everyone laugh. Look, D- DNVR Avalanche doesn't believe in birthdays. We don't, we don't age. We acknowledge none of this. Hockey is timeless. Right. <laughs> so you don't get older, you just get worse. Uh, some news coming in from Avalanche training camp here. Evan reporting that the three-headed monster is back together. There you have Brad saying it in the chat as well. Also, uh, Matt Calvert agreed. Too loud. Yeah, I believe that. Yeah, it was too loud. Turn it down. Volume down on the uh, the in-arena noise. I actually would prefer no volume, to be honest with you. But yeah. When they had it last night, when they had it at uh, at no volume, I was like, "Yeah, this is what's up. Let's let's do this." You could hear that. You could hear a lot of the chatter, and I'm like, "Yeah, this is yeah. good." Game this sounds are excellent. Thing. Game sounds are excellent, man. Hockey has great game sounds. It's not just like like football has terrible game sounds because every every time they snap the ball, it's just large men grunting at each other. <laughs> And it's just like well, they all, half of the football sound you get is like talking in code anyway. All right. Like, yeah, right. I don't need to hear Peyton Manning say Omaha for the 300th time. Like, <laughs> I want to hear someone yelling mad about something in a in a hockey scrum instead. Yeah. And, you know, like like we got you always get those you always get the chirps, you know, with. Kadri, Kadri telling whichever Penguins defenseman last yeah. year that he was not good and that his team was so far. <laughs> that's that's a good way to put it, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> like we remember that because it was fun. I don't understand why we have to waste time on these game noise on the on the fake crowd noise. It's it's weird and distracting more than anything else. Yeah. So. I did want to get to the the three headed monster conversation. Look, it's it's game one of the season. We kind of talked about how we don't expect massive changes, but looking forward to the season as a whole, do we expect the three headed monster to be a thing that's used regularly from the drop, or is Bednar going to stick with using it as his we need a goal type weapon? Well, I mean, if he's going back to it after one game, you went through all of training camp. You play poorly in one game, and it's like, oh, I want to get Brandon Sod on. I want to get Brandon Sod on his forehand more. Like, did you not want him to be on his forehand as much when you put this line together initially? Like, why is that suddenly a factor? Yeah, um, you, it was one game. I could see, you know, fifty-six game schedule. You don't have five games to give things a try. Okay, fine, but at least, at least. Give it a second one. <laughs> if you don't have, if you don't trust it for more than fifteen minutes of ice time, you shouldn't have trusted it at all. Yeah, why did you spend a week and a half on it in camp? Like I, this is this this is one of those things that like coaches do that I just 
I, I think we'll always be a disconnect. I'll always just have that disconnect with it because I don't get it. Yeah. I coaches just it does feel like sometimes almost that they can't help themselves but tinker a little bit. Yeah. And sometimes you just don't need to. <laughs> absolutely. I mean, absolutely, man. Like, see, you, you, you've spent, you, you put this line together, you gave it, it has a particular identity. It makes sense. It's very first shift of the game was really good. Uh, it obviously went downhill pretty quickly after that, but do you, do you want to see what they have or not? It's just, it just seems like, Really, we're gonna we're gonna tinker. We're gonna mess with the lines after one game. Like, are you leaving? We're gonna leave Graves and Cole together. They they had a they had a tough night too. They sure did. Uh, particularly together, Graves' better moments came away from Ian Cole. You know, Ian, Ian Cole didn't have very many good moments last night. So why are why are they staying together? But you're messing with your top two lines. I I don't know. It just seems it just seems very like weird. Not not only predictable, for no reason. Yeah. <laughs> like very predictable, but also like we just went through training camp and you they've spent the last ten days working on one thing and now it's like all right, well, throw that out the window. It didn't work once, so clearly it's never going to work. Let's go back to what we know. <laughs> Why don't we just start there? So I I don't know. Yeah. I'm. Whatever. Um, I don't know if we can find a, a picture of Matt Calvert's uh, visor, but he had the pink visor on I'm the on other it. night. All right, perfect. Uh, the other night, I'm curious what Chat's thoughts are. Like from the the health side of it, apparently he wears it because it helps with uh, some light sensitivity and, and concussion issue things. The chat was going off yesterday post game about the visor and how cool it was. So I don't know how people here will think about it, but yesterday people were really excited about it. All right. So what's what's today's chat's uh, thoughts on not just pink visors, but tinted visors in general? Because I've always thought they were awesome. Yeah, but... always. Every time I've ever created a player in a video game, it doesn't even matter what sport. I've got a tinted visor on. It's. I know it's like the Omega cheesy thing to do but i love the mirror visors i think they're so cool the like chromed out ones i know everyone will make fun of me for it but if i was a hockey player i would totally wear one of those i think they're sick <laughs> keep the um, okay teach that i mean that's like the dude that wears white skates in rec league right like okay fedorov calm down oh yeah here you go here you go there's you, you can kind of tell it's pink <laughs> not not super tinted or anything, but yeah. I mean, JJ and I were talking about it at uh, practice on Tuesday. We were like, "Is the thing pink?" And then he got close to us, and we were, like, "Oh yeah, it's definitely pink." Suppose like I'm not, cool. not an expert, but supposedly it also helps contrast reds and blues quite well. So one helps see the abs colors. Two helps see the blue line. Great. No more offsides. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, if he has one offsides, he has to get rid of it. That's the rule. You try thing, a thing one time and it doesn't work. You yep. got to change it. That's right. Back to a normal visor if you go offside a single time. <laughs> well, 
Clearly it didn't work. <laughs> yeah, and like of course, if there's health reasons, like do whatever you gotta do. Yeah, of course. Never gonna knock that. Um so you know, just an an interesting thing there. What uh, we have the blue helmet there as well since it's up, AJ. What what do you think actually getting to see the the blue on blue in an NHL game? In that picture, I like the helmet. In person, I don't like the helmet at all. Okay. I, they look cheap, and I said this somewhere on the internet yesterday, but I think uh, they they look like they're sponsored by Walmart. They look like Walmart's like they are Walmart em- colored employee yeah. team. Yep. It it looks bad. It looks cheap in person. Uh they they look a lot better on video and in pictures than they do in person. They look bad in person in my opinion. I you know, I didn't mind the pants. I thought um, the pants yeah. fit pretty well. But it's the the pants and the gloves and the helmet. Yeah, like if it's it was too much. if it was just the gloves and the other two were still black, or if it was just the pants and the other two were still black, I think I would probably like it a lot more. But all of them, I just feel like I'm overwhelmed by a really blah shade of blue. I almost wonder if like they should have made either the gloves or the helmet burgundy or something to kind of break up the monotony a little bit. Yeah, I think mean, I mean, this kit with burgundy gloves would, I don't know, I think it's got a chance. Maybe keep the blue breezers and the blue helmet and burgundy pick, gloves. Pick one of the three and make it burgundy and see if it's not awful. Basically, yeah. Well, and if it was the, I think you, I think the helmet would look weird if it was just the helmet. Yeah, I think the gloves probably make the most sense. Like, I like how the breezers yeah. take the bottom blue of the jersey into the Red Sox. Like that makes sense to me. Um, but the helmet, I think, is just ugly, and the gloves could definitely be burgundy. Yeah, burgundy. So I keep the breezers blue, go burgundy gloves, and then go back to the black helmet. There you go. Now we're talking. Now we're in there. Easy. Abs, hire us. We can be your uh, your jersey team. Oh, God. How awful would that be? <laughs> These disasters so fast. You and I would, uh, we would get flamed so hard. Yeah, no. The last two people on earth you want designing jerseys, yeah. probably. <laughs> Absolutely. Definitely not high on our, we were, our we list would come of up with some of the ugliest stuff, and we would think we this is so cool. Yeah, guys, check out this. Where's my Where's my favorite Tom Brady gif of him walking around on the sideline with someone to high five? <laughs> oh man, I've I, never related with a gif more than that one. Though hey, where he's just like, but I wouldn't put Comic Sans on the jersey, so that's got to be a win, right? Oh, dude, I would definitely hire Justin Cox if I was designing something. Dude, just hire uh, hire Dave Art. He already makes sick masks. Anyway, we can take yeah. our second period break there to let you guys know about Strava Craft Coffee, the CBD-infused coffee that has really changed lives. You can check them out at StravaCraftCoffee.com and get 20% off when you use code DNVR20 on your first purchase. When you love them, you can sign up for their subscription service of two, three, four, six, or eight weeks and get 20% off every single time you buy. The CBD is non-psychoactive and it's been known to help with many different aches and pains, including migraines, IBS, joint pain, and others as well. You can even, I think we still have it at the bar, right? Now that we're open again, 
I'm not just um, sorry. I have to tell them to stop screaming because they're watching the Buffs game uh, before I hop on here and break everyone's eardrums. Um, we don't have it right now, but we are getting them back in stock so you could get cold brew at the bar. There you go. So very not soon. Right now, but soon. By next week or something, we'll have cold brew at the bar again. If you want to try yourself some Strava Craft coffee down there, I'm just screaming about college basketball. <laughs> hey, Ryan wanted me to tell you guys the score. It's 85, 55 buffs. So that's well, imagine, good. imagine screaming about a blowout, yeah, a thirty-point lead. <laughs> They're very excited about it, especially especially with against Cal, who sucks. But. This isn't even like an upset. You're not even going to storm the court. You're just going to shrug and be like, well, they were bad. Anyway. Yeah. Drew, we got to get you on. Your your analysis was spot on the other night. Highly recommend In the Crease with Drew Creaseman. Uh, <laughs> let's see. Question in chat. What do you guys think of Mac on the faceoffs? Yeah, he's bad, but we knew he was going to be bad. So no shock there. Is there is isn't there like don't we all have that one thing in life that we do all the time that we just suck at but we have to do it so we just get it over with? That's Mac on the dot. We never we never want to like we don't ever want to think about it and so we're just like, ugh, I hate doing this thing. Just get it over with. I don't and and then I don't ever want to practice it or get any better at it because I just hate doing it. Just rip off the bandaid. Well, that's that's Nathan McKinnon like seven hundred times a year with faceoffs. <laughs> So you guys brought up face-offs, and I tweeted about it. Are you guys concerned about that? Because, I mean, no. some of those face-offs were just, like, win a face-off. No. No? Yeah, I've okay. made the playoffs two years in a row, being the worst team in the league on face-offs. Not worried about it. <laughs> but you would think they would, like, at some yeah. point get better at it. They finished at 54% last night. They won the face-off battle. What did it wow. get? It really did not feel like it. Yeah, I, someone in the chat That's said it. How uh, face-offs go. Doesn't matter if you win face-offs if you can't clear your own zone. <laughs> so <laughs> a turnover is still a turnover, even if it happens after the face-off win. Yeah, I the face-off thing gets overblown, where I always say that they're situationally important, but when you look look at the percentage, it's not meaningful. Yeah, it, I mean, I, we, I did it when I was doing... Cadre's all points video the other night. Out of the what, like thousand faceoffs he took last year, six of them directly resulted in a goal. Yeah. So like, not even one percent of faceoffs have a direct impact on a goal. Well, and and yeah, I mean age age and faceoffs do. It's experience is a huge thing for for guys that take faceoffs. Like. You go and you look at Matt Duchesne's career, the first like six years of his career, he wasn't any good at it, and now he's awesome at it. You have to put the work in. You have to decide that you're going to get good at it. Then you have to delve into all the little strategy of like the forehand and the backhand. And now, you know, now they don't do matchups on faceoffs so much. Um, they don't they don't do like the same. They 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 care about handedness more than anything else. Yeah. Well. I mean, if you're really diving that deep into it, especially for the older guys, you even get to know, okay, who's the ref dropping the puck tonight? What are his tendencies? Who are the guys I'm matching up with tonight? What are their tendencies? Yeah, and then you get into it, and then you win a face-off, and the thing goes in between both of your defenders, yeah. and you exit the zone anyway, and you're like, was that worth it? 
cool. Um, the best I part just, of just cleared the zone by winning the face off. This is really use this is really useful. The only thing being good at face offs is worth is you get to chirp a guy every time you step into the circle about how good you are at them. <laughs> well, and I think the biggest thing you're gonna win a face off, uh win a face off on to start a power play. That's huge. That saves you twenty five seconds. Yep. And you get because you win a face off, you get it back, they don't pressure you that much. You immediately get set up and you're you're rocking and rolling at that point. Late late game defensive zone faceoffs or offensive zone faceoffs, depending on if you're trying to come back or protect the lead, those are important. But ninety percent of the faceoffs that happen in a game just are are not that important. Yep. They decide very little. There's very little statistical correlation. All the studies that have been done on it, there's very little statistical correlation, even between improved offense and winning faceoffs. And not even just like increased scoring chances. It's so minimal. It's such a minimal impact. It's even even when you win a faceoff, like clean faceoff win straight to your guy. Uh, there's not that much research on it, but the little research out there is says that gets you about seven seconds of clean possession time most of the time. So it's not like this big swing in possession time or anything, even when right. you win one. It's, I always say it's not irrelevant. It doesn't like it's not like this doesn't matter at all. But it's it's one. It, we talk about faceoffs as like is 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 a whole. Uh, you know, you look at the percentage. You look at how good is a team at it. But you want to if you if, if, what I think there should be is instead of general faceoffs, there should be high leverage faceoffs. It should be it should be faceoffs in. Very, very specific situations. A single neutral zone faceoff, who cares who wins or loses it? It, it will not matter. Yeah. Definitely should be some quantification of, are they on the PP? Is it the last three minutes with a one-goal lead? Things like that. Yeah. I would much, I would much rather. They're, they're, and I look at, at faceoffs in the NHL the way that saves are in baseball. Yep. Where you want to use your best relievers in baseball in high-leverage situations not necessarily in the ninth inning all the time. Uh, you need to be using your best face-off guys in the highest of leverage face-offs, not just willy-nilly. So, yep. so what you're telling me the is... Abs only had, so if the abs go one for four every single night, like they did last night on the power play, they're a top five power play. Yeah. I, like, I, I think we, AJ would agree that their process was gross. Yeah, it wasn't good last night. But it the process doesn't matter if the pucks are going in. Yeah. Well, and then there will be nights where their process will be really good and they won't get rewarded for it. Yep. That's that's special teams. It's a ton of randomness. Yeah, right. And if you told me every single game from the for the rest of the season would go like this where the Evs go one for four on the power play and kill two penalties, I would take it a heartbeat. Yeah. They win every single night on special teams. They're going to win a lot of games because of that. Yeah. I, if you just even skipping the PK, if I if I could guarantee that they would go one for four every night on the power play, I'd take it. Same. I would also help if you know they called penalties when McKinnon took three sticks to the hands, but. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, and I, I, I'm not even gonna go. I didn't have a problem with the officiating last night. The yeah, tapes I, thing, the tapes thing, probably should have been five minutes. Um, but 
it's it right. it, like the refing was fine generally. It certainly didn't change the impact of the Avs just playing like a sloppy mess. Like yeah, the outcome the, of the game the, is still the same. The, the Avs, the Avs and Blues decided last night's game. The yep. officiating was not a significant part of it. Exactly. So and that's that's the one thing everybody always is like, ah, oh, I just don't want officials to decide the games. I don't want to feel cheated. You know, you have the you have game two against Dallas last year. A great example of that. Colorado's up 2-0. They're dictating it. They make up some bullshit Corey Perry penalty. And next thing you know, Dallas is right back in the in the mix of it. And it totally changed the course of the game. And that felt bad. It felt yep. bad. It felt like you were getting screwed. So it, it did. Um other news and notes around the league. AJ, any particular game you're targeting as an exciting one tonight? Uh, obviously, I had uh, Vegas Anaheim marked for the in division stuff, but you have the debut of Lafreniere tonight, as well as a, a handful of other could be interesting games. First Taylor Hall game in Buffalo, things like that. I think Calgary Winnipeg is going to be interesting because those are those are two teams that I have on the outs of the postseason because I'm an idiot and bought in on Edmonton. <laughs> uh, but I'm I just don't I. Those are two deeply flawed teams. I don't trust Winnipeg's defense, and I don't think Connor Hellebuck, as much as I like him, it's it's asking a lot for a guy to put up back-to-back heroic performances. So I'm I think those are going to be some blah teams. Uh, Calgary, uh, they tried to fix their problem in net, but I think their biggest their biggest problem is between Johnny Gaudreau's eyes. I mean, we'll never know. Yeah, as my internet goes out, lagged out. We'll never know what their big problem is. That was weird. No, I think I think their biggest problem is, is that their their best player is straight up shook. Yep. It's like imagine if Nathan McKinnon had put up a fifty point season last year. That's what Calgary is going through with Gaudreau. Yeah, and you're just a completely different team. Yep. So, definitely, yeah, they have a problem on their hands, man. Like they just do. Definitely know. tough if they don't turn it around. That's for sure. Um, oh yeah, right. Dallas's first three games are canceled. I forgot about that. Yeah. So can't watch that. You know, soon. You know last night. Um, again, try not to take too much, too much about away from one game, but. Pittsburgh's goaltending and defense. Yeah, that was that was gross. That <laughs> was not good. That is a concern. <laughs> remember, remember three years ago, four years ago, where it was like, oh my god, they not only did they get the Crosby Malkin thing, but now they've fallen into Matt Murray. Yeah, the flurry. Flurry. With, yeah, yeah, to dovetail with Flurry's career, and now it's. It was like, golly, it must be nice. You know, they went back to back cups, and you're like, oh, is this Pittsburgh thing ever going to end? And now you're like, yep. It's over. I think it might be coming to an end. Tristan Jari needs to be a hero to keep yeah. them in games. And Malkin ain't getting any younger. They lost a bunch of pieces like Kessel. And they got some good pieces on the back end, too. But I mean, Jim Rutherford is just in love with giving random dudes four to six year contracts so they have yeah. some issues to deal with too 
Yeah, the uh, Mike Matheson debut did not go well in Pittsburgh last night. So, not going to, again, just one game. Same thing that we're saying here in Denver. It's just one game. My my thoughts on Zdeno Char and Washington are... Good luck, bud. Yeah. Um, he's a third-pairing defenseman at this point. He's I don't know that he's an impact guy. Um, but he's, he's a tone-setting personality. So... He might help that room. That room probably got a little comfortable after winning the cup. But after that, um, you know. I, um, I know you're you're a pretty big Josh Anderson fan, AJ. With that contract, he's still about it. Scored no. two goals yesterday. Uh, I think he's a good player, though, and he plays he plays kind of a heavy game, and I think he'll I think he'll really help. Montreal because they've been the small stars for a long time. They've been like the mighty midgets for the last five years. And so I think Josh Anderson will really fill a nice role for them. And he's obviously a really good shooter. Two goals couldn't get it done for him last night as they lost an OT in what was the like worst three on three OT I think I've ever seen. <laughs> I I didn't watch it. I was listening to Z react to it because I was walking into the bar. It looked, it looked like they were a bunch of beer leaguers because they clearly all had nothing left in the tank. Like <laughs> someone had not been working on their conditioning over the uh, the long off season, and they weren't they weren't prepared for an extra frame. I'll put it that way. <laughs> as long as we don't see any three on three in Colorado this year, I'm good. True, the Avs can do without just winning reg. <laughs> yeah. So it's. It's still extremely early, of course. Um, Day two of the season. Yeah, yeah. Most teams don't even play until tonight. So Yeah, I'm uh, Columbus and Nashville, I think, will also be interesting because those are two teams that I think are fighting it out for the middle of that division. Yep. The three and four seed in that in that division, I think, is where those teams are gonna be really going at it. Of course, you always get the option to hate watch Detroit as well. Carolina, you would expect, would be a better team by quite a bit. Yeah, I'm hoping that uh, we get a four or five goal game out of Svechnikov against Detroit. <laughs> Only four or five, you know, just a casual day. We talked about tenants on the post game show last night. So yep. if you want to, in case you missed that, that, that would be that would be where I would go to check out that. Don't want to rehash too much of the stuff. Yeah. Talked about pretty much all of the Avs guys on the post game show. If you haven't watched that, go check that one out. Just kind of our next day thoughts here on the Avs and, and around the league, which the rest of the league should be interesting in the sense that honestly, the Eastern conference or the Eastern division is the one I'm most curious about because that is the division with the most good teams. Mm-hmm. You're going to see a lot of teams cannibalize each other a little bit, I think. And I'm curious where that division ends up on the whole, as opposed to teams in the West, where on any given night, the Avs or Vegas could be playing Arizona. They could be playing Minnesota and and racking up free points a little bit easier than some of those teams out East. Yeah. Yeah, realistically, they should be able to string points together. In a way, some of these other divisions, it's like there's no nights off in some of these divisions. Yep. 
the only easy team up east is New Jersey, kind of. And even then, if they have the breakouts from their young kids, they're not going to be an easy out. Yeah. Is Graves a good fantasy guy? Probably not. It would really depend on what your league values and points. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and and then because obviously points, I don't think we're going to see much out of Graves in terms of offense this year. Yeah. Just not the role he's going to have on the team this year. Yeah. Well, it's just not who he is. Uh, but I think uh, block shots and hits, depending on how much your league counts those, like if if it's if you know block shots, it's like point two five, or hits, it's point two five. Hits should be point two five, and then block shots should be point five. I think you have a pretty good um, like depth guy. Sure, but that's about it. He won't be any good it otherwise. Doesn't take a ton of penalty minutes, really. Yeah, if, if, well, and if you're in a league that that has that's counting penalty minutes, you're in a bad league. Well, I like some penalty minute leagues. It, it I don't. I hate. I hate it. I, I hate it when they hold it against somebody. I, I think it's interesting. Oh, yeah. No, they shouldn't be negative. Yeah, I think it's interesting when you get guys where you're like, oh, this guy's going to take a ton of penalties. He's going to get into a bunch of fights or whatever. And, you know, you get these, like, specialty guys that yeah. it, it increases. a little bit. A depth dynamic that isn't yeah. just, all right, who's the next best scorer? All right, like, Brandon Tanev ends up being a viable option. Yep. I think that's fun, though. But, you know, even that's can be tough to do. Plus minus is the really big one. Do not get into a plus minus league. Stay yeah. out of that. Nope. Plus minus is a terrible stat. I'll die on that hill. Yeah. Well, so. and last night was a great example of it. Timmons went minus four, and everybody was like, God, Timmons was negative four. It's so bad. And I even wrote in my post game article that, again, that's an indictment of the stat, not on Connor Timmons's play. Like, there was... Did Connor Timmons have a good night? No. Was he a negative four or what you would think of as a guy who had a negative four? No. There's one goal that you can directly put a mistake on him on, and even that, like, his teammates totally abandoned him. So Yeah. Well, and, like, he gets a he gets a negative for when Sam Gerard leaves the puck for nobody. Yeah, right. And it's like What's he supposed to do? <laughs> yeah, and it's like four guys got a negative for that, and none of those guys did anything. They weren't they weren't involved in it at all. Yep. Like, or the the fourth goal, Grubauer loses the puck, and all yeah. those guys get a negative because their goaltender doesn't know what he's doing. Like, <laughs> it's just sad. a yeah, it's just a disaster. It's a train wreck of a st- of a statistic. Yep. No arguments there. I guess uh, let's give me something positive. As a final thought, let's not end it on how terrible of a stat plus minus is. Uh, final thought. Uh, you and I need to finish doing our goatee nominations. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I have absolutely no idea what to do. Someone uh, tell us what the, the best Mosier call of last year was. Yeah. That's or Connor. Or McGahee, too, would be fine. Yeah. I have yeah. no idea what to put for that one. I the the big problem is is that you and I don't uh, we don't listen to the games. Yeah. Um, I have my games muted. Um, I know you watch. You have the opposing team feed on a lot. I I do as well when they're on the road, and I'm not in the arena. Um, yeah. So we actually need to lean on you guys for the best call from the year. What were your What was your favorite call? 
Yep. Please let us know within the next like six hours because we have to finish this today. <laughs> you can tweet them at us. If yeah, sure. There you go. Shooty shoot passy pass. Oh, yeah. Oh well, the best part of that call might have been McNabb going shooty shoot. <laughs> Justice is served is a good call. That's true. I have that in my review. Yeah, that's true. That one was, and it boy did it not feel good. Nope. Yeah, that's the OT winner. Yeah, man. yeah, good call. That's I. I think I would choose that one. Probably because it, correct. It, it was very vindicating, and then, whoo, was it fun to watch Vancouver fans get mad because Matt Calvert interfered at center ice, <laughs> and they were like, "Man, interference!" And like, sure, but you guys were cool with watching a man bleed from the head while you guys scored a free goal, and see any of you guys whining about that shit. <laughs> Man, I'm glad hockey is back so I can get mad about dumb stuff again. Guts is like three years ago now. We can't do that one. Yeah, we made a shirt out of it. We're going to move on from that. You can still go buy the shirt at the DNVR locker, by the way, if you want it. There we go. Perfect segue. (laughs) On that note, be sure to like and subscribe to the channel and the video. really helps us out a lot over here on YouTube. Hit the bell if you want to get notified every time we post or go live. Uh, Other than that, I I guess we're wrapping up for the day. Thank you, everyone, for watching, listening, however you consume the podcast. We appreciate you very, very much. And you can support us by heading down to Green Mountain Dental, just 15 minutes from downtown Denver, where when you sign up for a cleaning x-ray and exam, you will get yourself a free Sonicare toothbrush just for taking care of your teeth. Again, they're in Lakewood. I used to live right over near them. They're super easy to get to, super convenient, and they make sure to take care of you top to bottom, sending you reminders on when to schedule appointments. That's it for today's show. We will be back tomorrow night after the Avs game with another post-game pod. Ah, yeah. Should be fun. Hopefully it's a a more positive post-gamer than the first game of the season. But either way, you can catch everything you need from AJ, Evan, and myself over at thednvr.com. And we will talk to you guys next time.